This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, August 12, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Chicago is suing the federal government. The claim is that the feds are choking off federal funds if cities don't obey government preferences regarding immigration restrictions. Alex Narasta, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute, discusses the case. Jeff Sessions' Justice Department is starting to restrict federal funds that go to local, quote, sanctuary cities or sanctuary counties, unquote, that refuse to fully cooperate with the federal government in terms of immigration enforcement. Now, the Justice Department is limited in the funds that it can restrict, but they have identified a few grant programs and they inform Chicago that unless they start cooperating fully with all federal immigration requests for certain individuals to be turned over, then they will withhold uh, up to $3.2 million uh, this year and next year of funds that would otherwise go to the Chicago police. Now, uh, Jeff Sessions uh, here is quoted as saying, it's simple, comply with the law or forego taxpayer dollars. He's conflating state and federal law. Uh, He is doing that. Now, the federal government does give money to local cities, states, communities uh, for various purposes, uh, and they can restrict that money under certain circumstances, but the circumstances have to be clearly spelled out in the law so that local communities can know um, the choices they make. They can understand when they will give up these federal dollars. The issue is the federal law does not actually state that these funds can be denied to local governments that do not fully comply with federal immigration law. So the Justice Department is trying to um, incentivize or to force a lot of local communities to go along with what they want, um, and it will be fighting numerous lawsuits going forward, including this recent one filed uh, by the city of Chicago to protect its peculiar and particular immigration policy. So I guess what is the difference then between the federal government bribing local police departments to go along with uh, federal edicts or federal desires with respect to immigration law and sort of threatening uh, local law enforcement with a withholding of funds if they do not do that? Well, they're pretty they're pretty uh, similar in that way. I mean, they're pretty similar. The city of Chicago and a lot of other cities do sort of count on this money coming in, you know, three and a half, three point two million dollars isn't that much, um, but it's something. And I think it sends a message that the Justice Department is sort of um, stepping beyond its warrant in the law. It's stepping beyond what Congress has intended them to do in terms of cooperation with a local police department. You know, Chicago has what's called a sanctuary policy. Uh, lots of other places do. But these are not by any means uniform. They cooperate with the feds when they release a lot of criminals who have been incarcerated for violent and property crimes. They cooperate with the feds uh, when they arrest somebody who's wanted for a serious crime elsewhere. They cooperate on tons of crimes. It's just that they decide currently under a sanctuary policy who they will cooperate with and under what circumstances. So if they arrest somebody who's a serial murderer or a rapist or something else bad, they do cooperate with the feds. But if they arrest a guy for uh, having, uh, you know, failing to pay uh, speeding tickets or parking tickets, it's nonviolent, it's a non-property offense, they don't want to separate that guy from his family, 
they won't release him into federal custody. They won't comply with the federal detainer. And that also counts as a sanctuary city. All right. So um, why do police departments and specifically mayors, why do they decide this is not a policy that we're going to go along with? So the main reason is uh, it was enunciated originally in Los Angeles in 1978, what's called Special Order 40. And they basically said it's not the job of the local police to enforce federal immigration laws. And the reason is they're worried that if they do that, then local immigrants will not cooperate with the police in terms of um, being witnesses to crime, to calling police when there is a crime, uh, to basically they will not cooperate with law enforcement if they don't cooperate, then it's going to be difficult for law enforcement to actually do their job. So it was a decision made in 1978 in Los Angeles that says we're going to focus on real crimes and we're going to let the federal government focus on enforcing its immigration laws. Uh, and that has morphed since. Uh, lots of other cities across the country, um, depending on how you count, anywhere between about 300 and 1,000 cities and counties do not fully cooperate with uh, federal immigration law uh, entirely across the board. And the main justification is uh, cooperating fully would limit their ability to police immigrants in their communities and would actually make it more dangerous. There is a weird tie here to the Affordable Care Act and the uh, lawsuit that preserved uh, much of the Affordable Care Act with respect to how much the federal government can withhold in funds uh, to compel certain behavior from state and local authorities. Uh, that is correct. One of the cases uh, ruled that um, the Obamacare law, which restricted, uh, I believe it was Medicaid funds to states under certain circumstances, uh, was not specific enough to outline when those funds would actually be cut off. And as a result, those funds could not be cut off and that couldn't be used as leverage to get states to sign up for the exchanges. And that is actually very relevant uh, right here, that the federal government is limited in how it can compel states to cooperate with its edicts. I mean, the states under our system are not departments of the federal government. They are their own sovereign governments under a federal umbrella, and they share power with the federal government. And this is one of these cases where uh, money is given from the feds to the states to local governments, but it's not spelled out, at least when it comes to immigration law, how or whether this money could actually be taken away. So this is going to be a long lawsuit and I think the first of many. Is the money that the federal government provides in the form of burn grants and uh, and other funding, is that enough to pay uh, police departments effectively to go along with this in terms of the costs that they assume when they uh, are out enforcing federal immigration law? No, it's not. It almost never uh, comes close. I mean, under the law, they have to hold these folks for about uh, at least uh, 48 hours um, extra on average before ICE comes and picks up these folks. So in places like Los Angeles County, it can be quite a heavy burden. Uh, it's probably not a burden in more rural areas, of course, or smaller towns, but it's a big burden in big cities. Uh, there are other programs like the SCAPE, uh, State Criminal Alien uh, Program, which does compensate some local jails and state jails for holding illegal immigrants, but it doesn't come near to the cost or to the compensation necessary uh, to fully meet that. This is basically an unfunded mandate. I mean, portions of it are sometimes compensated, but largely this is unfunded, uncompensated by the federal taxpayers. 
Remember when Republicans cared about federalism and unfunded mandates? I do. I think a lot of Republicans still do care about that. Um, but I think that a lot of them are um, don't understand how this system actually works. I think there's a lot of blind spots in terms of understanding how federal dollars for law enforcement actually works and that the funding that and the activities it can encourage on a local level. So I'm confident that a lot of Republicans, especially those who are supportive of federalism and local government, they knew some of the facts on this. Uh, they would come around and realize that Jeff Sessions' actions, uh, they were recognizing for the power play they actually it actually is. Alex Narasta is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.